sounds even bigger. Stephen Byrne. Exactly one week before Christmas. And we've got some gifts for you. This weekend, we had some really, really great guests on the show, including Hollywood newbie, but Irish Oscar-winning director Benjamin Cleary. You might remember from Stutterer, which was a short film that won uh, the Oscar for Best Short Film about five years ago. Uh, well, he's back with his debut feature, which is called Swan Song, and it's really good. Really, really good. Really excited to see what he does in his career. Uh, but as on his debut feature, teaming up with the likes of Glenn Close and Mahershala Ali, yeah, he's doing a pretty good job already. Uh, as well as that, we spoke to the legends that are Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss all about their return as Neo and Trinity in the world of The Matrix. The Matrix Resurrections out in cinemas this week. So uh, they broke down that and had a bit of fun. As well as that, we spoke to Neil Patrick Harris and Jonathan Groff about their roles in the movie. So let's kick it off with this. It's Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss. Um, it was amazing. It is amazing. And uh, I loved it. And it felt really familiar and felt very new. And which uh, which was great. I mean, I think the film is doing that too. And so um, it was really, for me, great to be like in syncopation with the themes and motifs uh, that Lana Wachowski, the writer-director, was investigating and then to be able to be feeling that those same kinds of things the past the present questioning what's going on how do i how do i feel about the past how do i what yeah, yeah. so I don't know, I, the, I don't the movie brilliantly it. kind of ties in with it with 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 the first film and the first uh, sorry three films in in the sense of bringing back those flashback moments and there are those moments of nostalgia but also they just carry so beautifully throughout the film to really justify so many things that happen um mm-hmm. Karyan, were you having those moments as well on on set where you were flashing back to to familiar times from before? Yeah, it definitely felt very familiar. Uh, not so much in in like, oh, I remember this. So much as just the mm. feeling of it. You know, sitting across from Keanu, across from Thomas Anderson, across from Neo, <laughs> and having ha- living in that world. Uh, felt so familiar and again just like Keanu just said it also felt so new um yeah it was really it was really special obviously there's a big moment and people will know this from the trailer so I'm not giving too much away but where he acknowledges that he still knows kung fu did you both still know kung fu or <laughs> no. <laughs> no probably you more than I I don't yeah, know I mean come on I don't know <laughs> I don't know. No, but it was really, it was, it was, it was cool, man. It was like getting to hang out with a a really good friend. Mm. The impact of the first movie was, was massive as well. And I, I, as much as, you know, you guys probably knew that it was, it was, it was great at the same time, I'm sure you couldn't have anticipated the success that it was going to have. Um, and still does. Do you feel, do you, do you, when you notice, uh, you know, aspects of the, the original um, that come up in everyday life, you know, little, little pieces of words that just show up in, in, in our vernacular now, is that, do you, is that when you really notice, I guess, the cultural significance of what happened when it, when it was released all those years ago? Yes. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, I was saying this to someone the other day. I'm like, they were speaking about the impact of the matrix. And I was like, I think in the Oxford English dictionary, when they have the definition of matrix, 
they're going to have to add that this was a film released in 1999. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it's yeah. part of that now. It's part of, you can't say because I was talking about the word matrix. I was trying to use matrix without invoking the matrix, the film. Mm. And uh, but every time I said matrix, it was like, oh, it's the film. No, no, I just mean a matrix. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the synthesizing of different elements. Um and the web. I was gonna say you guys know this world better than anybody. Um, if the decision was laid upon you in real life would you want to stay in the matrix or would you want to get out oh i want to get out get me out <laughs> you know, get me out get, even get if we figured out. out that what we're doing right now was the matrix would you still be like get me out <laughs> yeah i mean that's the I'm, i think what's i think the the thing and the the question is whether you know or not we have a fire alarm going it's not me <laughs> awesome we're on fire baby <laughs> Give me the red pill. Give me the red pill. We gotta get out of here. We gotta get out of here. Give me out. Help. Uh, congratulations, guys. Like I said, um, it's so good to have you back um, in this world. Uh, the first movie did so much for me as a, as a as a kid. I remember seeing it for the first time when I was eight years old, and that first viewing has stuck with me since then. I still have the original DVD right there as well wow. so congratulations Great. welcome home and long may this continue breaking it up a little bit benjamin cleary is back with his feature film like i said winning the oscar on his debut short film which was called stutterer back in 2016 and now making a movie with the likes of glenn close and mahershala ali the man's doing well for himself and it's a very good movie too you can check it out on apple tv plus and here's what he had to say about it you said in your Oscar speech it's a proud day to be Irish and dude it is a proud day to be Irish again after this. Oh, thanks a million, really appreciate that. I think the last time we spoke was when you had an Oscar in your hand on the main stage in the, the press room and uh, everything was happening all at once I'm sure um, and for everybody else I'm sure the road right after to where we are now in the release of this film is a, a seamless one but um, after that happened what was the next step? What was the, the the point that you decided that this was the the feature project that you wanted to really fulfill? And uh, when did you start writing it? Yeah, um, wow, that was yeah, that was a blur back then. I can barely remember <laughs> any of that stuff. It was just completely surreal. You did great. Journey. You did great. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember it myself. But I'm told I. You know, I remember the week leading up to all the pre parties, just meeting you everywhere, and you were like, "Yeah, it's just it's happening." It's happening. Yeah, yeah, it was completely bonkers. But um, well, yeah, no, and then and then I think when something like that happens, and you feel you know you really do feel very lucky that, that you know a short like that um, takes off, and then you do start to get um, offers to to uh, you know to pitch um, mm -hmm. films and and things like that, and so Swan Song um, was was the one that I, I gravitated towards. It kind of comes from a, a personal place of um, loss. When I was 19, 20, 21, um, you know, three friends of mine passed away. And, um, you know, I saw the the sort of the grief that that, that spreads out to everyone who's who's close to those people and, and are left behind. And, um, you know, just the, the, the effect that has. And um, I think getting no goodbye like that as well was, was was very difficult for everybody and i think of the years that went on from there i found myself um you know constantly catastrophizing about what would happen if someone i loved passed away 
what would happen to my loved ones if something happened to me do you know what i mean and mm. just it, it really became probably quite kind of an unhealthy obsession in a way um and then years later a, a premise like swan song you know comes up which is totally imagined and it's near future you know about this guy um grappling with some of these things and i instantly saw that this was my subconscious sort of going back and 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 starting to shine a light i think on you know some of those difficult difficult years in in some ways that are that, that are still with you you know you kind of your yeah. your whole mindset how you navigate the world changes i think in a way um so yeah swan song felt like a really personal um exploration through an imagined premise and then when i knew i really had to make it was when i realized that through cameron you know the lead having to work out whether this other him this identical him is truly an authentic version of him through that process that it would be a really human story a kind of meditation on memory and and that the love story i could weave in and and really talk about the whole fleeting beauty of our time here and all that that's when i knew that i kind of had to make it but that was five years ago when i started writing yeah. so it's been a fairly long old uh, slog you know Overnight success as always, you know, that's the way it always <laughs> is. Um, hardly. Um, when it comes to it as well, um, a beautiful story, amazing cast, um, recruiting them and, and, and putting them all together. Was there a moment where you kind of did just look around the room and go, wow, okay, yeah, the, you know, this is a difficult job um, uh, getting this together, but these are the guys that are going to be able to do it. I mean, if, yeah. if, if anybody can do it, these guys can do it. 100%. I think that's it because, you know, I speak to a lot of people who are, who are asking about the weight on your shoulders trying to make a film like this for your first film and, and, and working with some of the best actors in the world and that kind of thing, which is daunting, you know, on paper. It's really, really daunting. But um, it's lovely that you touched on that because that is the thing. You're working with phenomenal talent, you know, and that goes for the team, the whole crew. But working with the likes of, you know, Mahersh Lali, who's just a master of his craft, Naomi Harris, like just wonderful actors, Glenn Close, Aquafina, like um, you're you're seeing scenes start to unfold that you've written and you've imagined them and you played them out in your mind, but they're just surpassing them, you know, every day. And um, and watching that and feeling that was was phenomenal and you know, this we made this film during COVID, and that had its own challenges. But we really were just this one big, sort of tight family making this um, film together. And seeing like, it's mad, but like seeing sometimes takes would happen. Some of the rehearsal and Naomi scenes, for instance, would happen, and I'd be watching behind the monitor or watching it, and I just would be like weeping, you know. And I'd call the cut and start to get myself together. And I'd look around the room and just see a full, the full crew, a full room full of people wow. just, just, you know, in tears. And, you know, watching chemistry like that unfold and mm -hmm. watching actors like Mahershala and Naomi, who are amazing acting teammates, like they really push each other yeah. up to great places. And who, have, who know That's each an other education. and have been through, you know, the, the process yeah. of a film before in the past as well. Yes, exactly. With Moonlight, you know, and seeing the work they did in that. I think they only got to act uh, for, for a day or a day and a half together on that. But what they created in those scenes, I mean, it was it was phenomenal. And yeah, it was it was an education working with brilliant actors like that for me. You know? And there's an education as well and a brave one in choosing a story like this for your first feature. You know, everything from 
having you know an, an actor play two characters who were the same but slightly different having futuristic technology from the games to the you know the, the self-driving cars and everything else in between were you kind of throwing everything kind of onto the page and then questioning it afterwards going why did i do this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like how how is how are people trusting me to try and take this over the line? You know, yeah, no, it was. There were definitely moments over the five years where I was like, why on earth did I pick for my first feature? Um, you know, like you say, having to shoot one actor for two, designing all of that tech, which in and of itself is like a big project. Like designing a self-driving yeah. car is a crazy, uh, you know, project. That's almost like a could be its own thing, your own job. So doing all those things was was wild. We had a dog in the movie as well. And yeah. um, you know, we were working with a kid and um, which is always a risk, but we luckily had this phenomenal uh, wonderful young actor Dax Ray. It was it was a joy to work with. But yeah, it was it was a lot, you know. And again, just harking back to its team and its support and you know, I think it was also the trust that the the producers uh, had in me was was great, you know. I didn't have to um change everything i wasn't getting questioned about the decisions i was able to do it all myself uh not myself but like do what i wanted to do mm. and so um that's it really it's support but like it was definitely uh, it was an incredible challenge like it's hard enough to make a film and to add in all these additional things i definitely question well you sometimes pulled it out of the bag man from Herschel to, to naomi to glenn to you to the whole crew congratulations because uh job well done i absolutely loved it quick question where's the oscar where'd you keep it um, it's on my mum's desk. My mum has it. Amazing. Yeah. That's the best yeah, and the yeah. most Irish answer. Cheers, dude. Congratulations <laughs> again. Neil Patrick Harris and Jonathan Groff. You wouldn't necessarily always think of them as the bad guys. But they do a pretty good job of it in this The Matrix Resurrections. Here's what they had to say about their roles in the film. I had much less to do than Jonathan, so you should have. <laughs> well, we had some fun nights together in Potsdam and PH. That's true. We went a, lot of, a lot of fun socializing. The cast, the cast is like it, very good energy, good vibes. I think mm-hmm. Lana prides herself on finding people that she wants to hang out with as, <laughs> as well as that are, are uh, talented actors. And so that makes for, for a, a fun shoot. Jonathan, I saw you saying that you uh, found a rage inside you within this that you didn't know was there and that you were called the savage. Um, it kind of sounds like you probably need to talk to Neil Patrick Harris's character and get a shrink. <laughs> but did this really work oh, things out for you? I think I took all of the kind of nervous energy of the fact that I'd never done fights before mm. and showing up in, in the tent and watching... Keanu and Carrie Ann just like doing high kicks and punches. I just took all of that anxiety and went into it full steam. Uh, and it was so it was so fun. It was a great experience to be able to tap into that. It was amazing. You did such a good job. Um, for me, seeing this as well, it's just so incredible. I don't think growing up, I would have imagined two LGBT actors appearing in an action movie like this. And um, that is huge. And it might not be seen to be huge by a lot of people who just go and see the movie. But for me, I know it would have been huge growing up. For you guys, was that something you noticed on set and you did kind of take in and go, oh, I don't think we would have been here 20 years ago? It's a nice sort of queer sensibility to to like Lana's aesthetic, I think. She's mm. so inclusive 
in not in sort of an even an undefined way, right? I think she's, I won't speak for her, but I uh, am constantly impressed by her abilities to look past any sort of label or any sort of um, stigma and and follow her own heartbeat. And so getting to have that kind of colorblind um, casting in a way was great. It didn't seem like it was a thing she was intentionally trying to do. And therefore it made me feel more welcome. That's amazing. Yeah, like I said, uh, it, for me, just watching it, it just felt pretty incredible as a fan of the Matrix growing up even. I was just there in it thinking, wow, I never would have thought this um, as a kid. Um, when it comes to the theories, I mean, I'm sure you guys have had loads of people just throwing them all at you left, right and center, uh, welcoming that into your world. Uh, did you get a Bible? Is that how it works? How did you kind of, I guess, get your own heads around what was going on in it? Or is Lada very much about you make it up in your head as much as, you know, we want the audience to? It was such a, it was such a fine line of preparation it's not like she didn't talk to us about the characters yeah. and about what she wanted to make, but it was always very personal and very emotional. And then when it came time to shoot, she's become obsessed with finding things in the moment. So, so there would be something surprising happening at, at definitely every day and almost every take. And she on set would be writing lines in the moment and changing blocking in the moment. And so it didn't feel like we were married to some kind of specific Bible of information. She was really interested in discovering things happening in the moment. Um, that's absolutely amazing. Congratulations, guys. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Great to be back in this world and great to have you along for the ride. Thanks, Stephen. Great question. Stephen. Cheers, guys. Thank you so much. Stephen Byrne on 2FM.